to the Rising Lioness podcast on All About Animals Radio, a place dedicated to animals and all those who act to protect and advocate for them. Hi, I'm your host, Erica Salvamini, and I'm thrilled and honored to be here representing All About Animals Radio using my voice for the animals. Thank you for joining us for what intends to be a thought-provoking and soul-inspiring series where we discuss topics aimed at understanding the importance of the relationship between empathy, animal rights, and our peaceful coexistence with the animal kingdom. And now on to our show. Today we welcome Jeff Harrison, founder and creator of Pedaling Against Poaching and Crash Networking. Jeff is also a board member and ambassador for HelpingRhinos.org. He grew up in Western Massachusetts and is now living in Arizona. Jeff is an avid mountain biker, animal lover, and married with no human children, although Jeff and his lovely wife, Wendy, love and care for their two wonderful canine companions. Jeff has had a career working for one of the top electrical supply distributors in the world and balances that out with what he describes as an almost uncontrollable passion to protect wildlife from the illicit exotic animal trade, human encroachment, habitat loss, and much more. Hi, Jeff, and welcome. How are you today? Hi there. I'm doing well and uh, appreciate you reaching out to me to, to do this podcast. Of course. Thank you so much for coming on today. And um, just to talk about your invaluable work helping preserve the critically endangered rhino populations, which is so important today. And I wanted to just say how much I admire your work. And um, in fact, that's how we got connected, which I think, you know, <laughs> I started yep. to see your, your posts, um, for pedaling against poaching on Instagram, probably, uh, it's a few years now. And it seemed pretty clear right from the get go that you combined your passions for cycling and your love of animals to create positive change in the world, which I thought was amazing. And specifically for helping save the critically endangered rhino populations. Right. So I thought this is a righteous dude. I loved it. And I was um, just so appreciative of your work. And I wanted to let you know that. And, you know, you fast forward a little bit and I, I have this podcast that I'm, I'm lucky enough to do now on the mm -hmm. animals uh, radio network. And you were one of the first people that I reached out to. So, <laughs> yeah, I knew that I, I thought this would be perfect. And here I am today. I'm wearing one of your t-shirts and yes. I, for anybody who can see the back, one of your very cool, wickedly awesome teas. And my kids have a couple of teas also. And for those folks who are listening and can't see it or anybody who really wants to just purchase some of your merchandise, which um, I just recently learned uh, that your artwork, a lot of it is done by you, which I thought was amazing. Yeah. And um, so if anybody who wants to purchase some of this merchandise or just take a look, where should they go? So probably the best place to go that I update the most often would be my the bio in my Instagram. I have a link tree link there that has links directly to the merchandise. But my pedalingagainstpoaching.com website also has a web store 
okay. where uh, I sell merchandise that like the shirts and the calendar that you can see behind me. And also um, I am lucky enough to receive handmade jewelry and gifts like that from around the planet from other supporters that when I get those, I'll put those on my web store and, and people can access them right there. Um, and the, the majority of the merchandise, the shirts that you see uh, are, are made through Undaunted Apparel, uh, who I've been partnered with since day one. And they've been gracious enough to basically um, make these shirts for their cost. And then the, the, the proceeds will go uh, right into the global giving account that I have. And then it can be dispersed to the projects on the ground. So it, it I, I know I don't ever touch any of the money from the merchandise. It all goes to a good cause. So that's something to keep keep in mind. Yeah. I mean, it's wonderful. And for there's many people who want to do good things and they want to feel good about the purchases that they make. I know I do. And mm -hmm. I feel good about wearing this shirt and I <laughs> go out and, and wear it. And um, I think there's a lot of other people who will, too. So that's yeah. great. And this is the giving time of year. Right. So why sure not? Is. Purchase some really fun, cool um, items for folks that you care about that would be right. doing a good thing for right. the world. And you, can, you can wear something that matters. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I wanted to ask if we'll start out with the basics, right? If you wouldn't mind sharing with our listeners um, a little bit about what Peddling against post what peddling against poaching is and how you got started doing this work. Okay, so, yeah, so um, it, it all kind of came to me tail end of 2016. I I've been riding my bike like crazy for years since the mid 90s, and um, part way through 2016, I had actually seen. I didn't really have any social media. Um, I wasn't set up on Facebook. I wasn't set up on Instagram, but I use a, a software to track my rides called Strava. And in that time period, they were linked with Instagram. So any pic photos that you took during a ride would get put into your, your uh, Strava ride through Instagram. And through that, I stumbled onto a video as I was just scrolling through of uh, it, it was a baby rhino who had was trying to, it was very confused and was nudging its mother who had just been um, poached um, and, and the folks that had come on to this scene, they found the baby there. The mother had been poached. They had to tranquilize the baby and whisk him off to a, to an orphanage. And the video was just heartbreaking. Yeah. And I was out on my bike that afternoon and it was just, it was replaying through my head. And I was thinking, you know, what can I do to, to help? And in the, in the early stages, I'm thinking if I can, ride a couple hundred miles and raise a couple hundred bucks, I'll feel good about what I'm doing, right? So I, I started to really dig into uh, what was happening, you know, because everybody's, you heard, you hear bits and pieces of what's going on with the wildlife trade and you hear, you hear about it, the ivory and you hear about the rhino horns and you hear about all these different things, but, you know, how, how big is the problem? And, and it, it's amazing how little we actually, most people know about it. And so I was, I, I went home that night and I talked to Wendy and I just said, you know, I want to find a way to ride my bike. I'm already riding the miles, but ride my bike and raise some awareness and raise some funds to help these animals. And, you know, not really knowing who to reach out to and all that. I went back to the people that had posted that video and that was helping rhinos out of the UK. Okay. 
Um, and from there, um, you know, I started digging into, um, you know, what is the rhino horn used for? Why is, why are, why are the poaching numbers climbing? What's going on with all these other animals? And it, it just really pulled me in. Uh, it's one of those life-changing moments where, um, I wish I had gotten into it earlier <laughs> and it's, it's now become like, like you mentioned earlier, it's an obsession and it's, and it's a, it's a second job for me. It really is. I know the feeling. Yeah. Um, so I think all that's amazing. I, I t totally resonate with everything that you're saying when you just get pulled in and you, it's not something that you even question or think about. It's just, it's almost like you're just floating along with the process and right. you're following your path. Basically it's what you're mm -hmm. supposed to be doing and you don't have to question it, which there's uh, a certain element of freedom in that. It's like, I just, mm -hmm. I just know I need to do it and that's all there is to it. Absolutely. So, yeah. It's amazing. Um, would you be able to share with our listeners today um, or rather if there was, if there were listeners who say had similar passions as you, they were avid cyclists, they were animal activists, and they were just being called to do something important, something more important than what they're doing today. Is there a way that they could get involved in peddling against poachings, humanitarian, um, you know, what you have to offer, what you've created here? Yeah, absolutely. They, they can email me directly, which it's actually just peddling against poaching at gmail.com. That'll go straight to me. Uh, you can DM me on my Instagram. Um, and, and I always respond to, to folks. But, you know, I, I realize everybody will have different goals. My personal goals are that I want to ride um, over 5,000 miles a year. Uh, the equivalent of it is happens to work out that that's the equivalent to the length of miles from the tip to the bottom of Africa, from Tunisia to the Southern Cape is like 5,012 miles. So, so if I can stay at, you know, a hundred miles a week, I can, I can meet my goal. Uh, but I know there will be people that want to help that might want to do 50 miles over a month or, or whatever. So, um, if, if they reach out to me, we can get creative with it. And, you know, I, uh, I've had people, uh, do exactly that and they'll do just kind of reach out amongst their friends and say, Hey, you know, give me a dollar a mile. I'm going to ride 50 miles, uh, over the next two weeks. And they'll have, you know, 15 friends all pitch in. And at the end they have this nice little donation and we, and they can direct where they want it to go within the projects that I'm, uh, tied to. Like if it, if they would like that to go to the, feed the uh, orphaned rhinos at the Zululand orphanage or to support the black mambas or, or whatever. So it's really, if they reach out to me, we can kind of custom customize it and really get creative with it. That's very cool. Um, how many, how long have you been doing this and you're working towards 5,000 miles? So what, what, how many miles are you up to? <laughs> I'm, I'm rolling into this, the sixth year. So uh, I'll, I'll be well over 30,000 miles um that i've i've pedaled since wow. i started wow yeah um and and then there, there's a str on strava the app that i mentioned that where i track my rides i have a pedaling against poaching uh team on there or a group on there and but there are times and these are people putting in miles around the whole planet there'll be weeks where i'll we'll have a ten thousand mile week no problem that's um, now if we could convert all that into money so right. that we could support, you know, that, that and like, of, my mind goes to energy too. It's like, you know, <laughs> sure. like, 
you know, like we have windmills and we don't need, uh -huh. we don't need gas anymore. We'll just, you know, cycle for the rhinos or for whatever. That would be really yep. cool. But, you know, yeah, yep. that's insane. How much money roughly do you know the dollar amount whereabouts you've raised so far for the rhinos? Well, so it's weird because my, my early years, it was, it was just me tracking my, my miles and my dollars and that, and that quickly grew into the tens of thousands. Um, but the partnership with helping rhinos and with these other projects on the ground, there, a lot of it, I've, I've actually asked people to leapfrog over my donation and go straight to the organizations on the ground to take out a couple layers of middlemen. So even though some of the folks that manage the donation money might take two, two percent here, three percent there, every penny of that translates into formula for the babies or new batons or boots for the black mamas or or what have you. So if you know if if we if we look at what helping rhinos US did in conjunction with um with pedaling against poaching, you know, it's, it's into the hundreds of thousands, uh, over the, over the last few years, but helping rhinos as a whole is, is up into the millions. And that's, it's just been amazing to be a part of all that, you know, it's, uh, it's incredible. it just started out with, um, a moment in your life <laughs> where you were just, uh, you know, it, it grabbed your heart and you could not let go of it. And it was just, right. um, you know, it was a moment right. for you that was meant to be obviously did. Um, I know you mentioned helping rhinos quite a bit. Can you um, share a little bit about how you got really deeply involved with this esteemed organization? Yeah. So I, I had, uh, after I had those thoughts bouncing around in my head of what I felt like I wanted to do, uh, I shot them an email and, and I'm sure they get tons of emails where they'll get people say, I want to help. And then they might not hear from that person ever again, but I kind of sent them more of like a business plan of what I was envisioning. And they, they responded to me very quickly. They were on board with, with the concept and as luck would have it, uh, even though they're based in the UK, they had one of their uh, founding members of helping rhinos us is about a three hour drive from me. I'm in Arizona. He's he's just over in uh, Palm Desert, California. Wow. Uh, so I was able to drive over there, meet him in person, kind of hash out how it would work. Um, you know, I, I would instead of me setting up my own 501 C3, I could I could get on to theirs. So right. we, we we set up a Web page uh, through Global Giving. We set up uh, ways that people could donate by, you know, per mile for, you know, 10, 20, $50 amount, or just uh, kind of wing it and say, you know, any open dollar amount, and that's what we want to support. And um, so then it, that was, uh, you know, I think the January 4th of 2017, here I am, and I'm, I'm, I have like eight Instagram followers, and I'm starting to get this thing rolling, but it really got momentum quickly. Um, and it was, uh, it was great to see that they were open to my idea and there, there was really no pushback on it. There was, there was no investment from either side. It, it's not something that uh, other than the time to set up the donation page and things like that, it's really just now let's just get the information out there and get people behind the projects. Right. And, uh, and, and it all just kind of snowballed from there. Right. And I can see how there would be no pushback because really you're, you know, you're doing this altruistically from your heart. There's no, 
you're not waiting for a paycheck. You're just doing this because yeah. you're driven to do it. So yeah, it that's one of the things I, I said early on is like, I don't want to have to be a bookkeeper for it. I don't want to touch the money. I don't want people to ever wonder where it's going. The way Helping Rhinos operates and, and the organizations that they're partnered with, it's, it's all very open book and very, um, you know, there's a, a deep vetting process on, on where things go and, and how, it's, how the money is, is um, used. So that, that made me feel good because, you know, I'm going into this going, am I going to raise a bunch of money for a, a potential project that is unscrupulous? You know what I mean? So, yeah. Yeah, that would be a concern for sure. Um, yeah. Well, so why do you think this, I mean, I know you and I know this, but I think it's, this question is going to be more for our listeners. Um, and not everybody is well aware of what's going on in the world today and what's happening to the animal kingdom. Frankly, humans are put under so much stress and duress from the world around us, and we're distracted on a daily basis from things that um, really we have no business letting ourselves be distracted from. But life is hard and it's difficult. So I'm going to ask, why is this work that you're doing and, and helping rhinos is doing, why is it so important now today? So there was a a fact, I guess, factoid that I stumbled onto that I read that it said that 60% of the world's uh, wild animal population has been decimated since the year 1970. Now, I was born in 1970, so that made me sit back and reflect and go, holy cow, just since I've been alive on this planet, 60% of the wild animals have been wiped out. And that, so that really started getting the gears turning with me thinking, well, you know, while pedaling against poaching started as with a, a heavy focus on um, the animals in, in Africa to the umbrella species of the white and black rhinos that are there, um, it made me really think, well, let's look closer. Let's look in our own backyard. What's going on uh, in the Southwest of the United States? What's going on in Canada? What's going on all over? And you quickly realize that there are animals that are on the brink of extinction that are in everybody's backyards. They're literally everywhere you go, there is a species of plant or animal that needs help. Um, and, and two hours south of me, where I'm here in Phoenix, two hours south of me in the, in the northern part of the Sea of Cortez, there might be eight, maybe 12 vaquita porpoises left on the planet. And... You know, it, it, and, and when you dig into what's happening to them and it, it all goes back to these these uh, crime syndicates that are uh, they're in the case of the vaquita, they're they're being killed as bycatch for a fish called the totuaba that is being fished for its swim bladder that is sold on the Asian markets for hundreds of thousands of dollars. And and it's it's just that's happening everywhere. So I, I think it's important to, if, if and on my, on my social media, I try to educate people about animals that they've never heard of or um, animals that they have heard of but didn't know there was a problem. Uh, and, and I'm learning new stuff every single day. But I think to, to start where I did with the focus on rhinos and, and to now try and, and get it more of a, hey, you know, wherever you are, take the, take educate yourself a little bit on what's going on around you. There are organizations, I guarantee, near you that are, are working hard to save plants or animals or both in, in your area that you can get involved in. And I think that's, 
that's really the big thing. I mean, when, when you say instead of there's a, there are tons of people that are focused on the giant majestic animals that are in trouble and we want that. But when you, when you strip it down and you say, you know, what, what can I also do to help on a local level? That's what we really need. That's what we really need. I agree. Absolutely. And, um, it's uh, it's devastating. It's there's so much there that you that you spoke of and mentioned, and um, it's it's just really it's heart wrenching, really. But it's also empowering meeting people like you and talking to others who are basically you know you're leading with your your passion. Your passion is is taking you and leading you to your destiny, and I think that's that's what's important here, um, and you know, to your point of, you know, you'd mentioned earlier, we need to figure out a way to teach people that they can make a difference. And that's a big part of why I'm doing this show, because talking to people like you and, and others who are basically just bringing awareness and that alone is, is super important. Um, it wakes people up just a little bit more each time uh, mm-hmm. listen to, to let them know that, um, you know, what they do does matter. And right. like you said, going into your own backyard and to your neighborhood, um, your community and finding out what butterfly is in trouble, what, you know, what uh, species of, of bird is in trouble because of this, that, or the other thing. And, and, you know, making a difference and speaking to your own, um, community leaders about maybe helping and making change. And that's, uh, that's super important. It also yeah. makes me think of, um, and you mentioned them a little while ago about the, uh, an elite all-female anti-poaching unit that's based out of Africa. And these, uh, these amazing, fiercely passionate and skilled women are called the Black Mambas. Yes. And they're making a tremendous difference in animal protection and conservation today. And through your work with helping rhinos, haven't you also collaborated with the Black Mambas and their founder, Craig Spencer? Yes, yes. So yeah, the, the Black Mambas are are just an, an amazing example of what uh, a, a small idea can turn into. Um, so through my partnership with helping rhinos, I was introduced to uh, Craig Spencer and uh, and the folks at Transfrontier Africa, who are the managing company for the Black Mambas. And, you know, the, the learning about what they do and how they came about was, was pretty awesome because they started with just a small group of, I think it was six women originally. Uh, and now I want to say we're getting close to 40. I know they were in, in the high, mid to high 30s uh, right now. But um, the, the basic premise of it was, one, we're, we're going we're gonna to create jobs for these women we're going to empower them to go out and, and do something that they're passionate about, that they feel is important. Uh, and it's and it's to protect not only the the um, the animals, but the, the habitat in in their in and around their their villages. Uh, and when you when you look at the ripple effect of what they've done uh, since they began in 2013, um, the the important thing, I mean, they're going out and they're finding snares thousands by the thousands in the bushes they're pulling snares out of the out of the trees and the bushes they're they're inspecting the perimeter fences for uh intruders and and signs of uh that people have cut through and then we've got poachers in 
And the amazing thing about them is that they are unarmed. They're out there on patrol with a radio and a baton and, and, and basically um, the way they carry themselves. Uh, they, if, if they run into trouble or they, they find that there are uh, signs of a potro or they come across somebody, they, they can radio for backup to, to have, you know, for the safety side of things. But uh, under their watch in all of the areas that they've uh, worked, I've, I've heard numbers as high as mid 80s percent of uh, that the poaching has been reduced in that area. That's as high. But the other thing that happens is they go home from their from their work and they're also working in a project called the Bush Babies where they'll go and they'll talk in the schools and they'll teach the kids that the animals are worth more alive than they are dead. They'll teach them that the, the animals, uh, while, while they've grown up with these animals around them, uh, their numbers are declining and, and teaching them all, all the reasons to keep and protect the animals versus the flip side of that when you have the crime syndicates coming into these villages, dangling money, and saying, you know, I can I can give you, you know, three years salary for for a rhino horn. Um, and, and so to to have that to have that trade off, I mean, the, the black mamas have clearly become uh, an example of something that needs to be scaled up and, yeah. and expanded around um, South Africa and beyond. You know, it really sure. it really has made a, a tremendous difference. And, and Craig and his team, they need to be just so proud of what they've done to date. Yeah. And cloned also. It sounds yeah. like they yeah. like yeah. It just makes perfect sense. Like, why wouldn't we have the Black Mambas everywhere in right. you know, all all different pockets of the world, especially where, you know, it's it's one thing, you know, here we are and I'm, you know, in the New York metro area. Right. So we don't have people walking around the streets trying to poach animals, but out way out, you know, in the bush. And you've got Australia is dealing now with. Um, they're just annihilating the kangaroo population. Um, mm -hmm. We need this kind of thing. We need people yeah. who have the courage and the bravery and the willingness, the, what I call animal kingdom warriors. It's a term I've been using for a while because it's what I feel we are. Yeah. Um, I just, it's, it's astonishing to me, the work that they're doing and, and you and all the others, um, like the Black Mambas, your work with peddling against poaching and helping rhinos, these are all great examples of what we can accomplish when we lead with our hearts and our pat and put our passions to work for the greater good. Absolutely. Yeah. I think if humanity could exist from this place, that we could be living in a much kinder, gentler world where we could peacefully coexist. And wouldn't that be nice? Yes. Yeah. And and you know, when this first started it, it it clicked or it, it dawned on me that there's a there's a really good chance that I may never make it to South Africa to meet these folks in person. I'm hoping to at some point, but, you know, with with everything that's going on and all that, I wanted to be able to show that uh, a regular guy on the other side of the planet when he when aligned with the right people can really make a difference. And 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 when I say that, I, I want to say it's it's. It's different than if I just found an organization and I, I sent 20 bucks and I felt good about it and I moved on. You, you can really get to know the people that are doing the work. You can talk to them and find out what their needs are. You know what I mean? So like an example of that is, is when COVID first hit and tourism dried up and some of the revenue stream that these organizations were uh, counting on, they, those revenue streams dried up. 
and and it was um, that was a point where we sat down with the different projects on the ground and said, "What do you need to to keep the lights on for a month?" And you know, so that we could look at what did we have for funds and what can we do to to help support these guys and take away the stress of where's the next you know chunk of money coming to put tires on the truck? Where's the next? money coming for food for the, for the babies and that kind of thing. And take that stress out of their lives. Let us do that part. And you guys do the great work you're doing on the ground over there. And, um, you know, there were, there were some, there were some organizations that were really struggling during, during that time and still are because the, the tourism is, is still down. Um, but you know, to, to, to get to, to see a glimpse of their day, what they deal with in a day, um, beyond just the photos that they may post and that kind of thing, you know, the, um, you know, the batteries for the radios, the, you know, solar panels to, to keep everything up and charged, all, all that stuff, um, that that's what keeps them going. And that's what I kind of, I like to get into the meat and potatoes on, on that side and say, what, you know, what helps you guys get through? And that gives me a goal to also go out and push and say, Hey, I'm trying to raise this much money for, this tangible item that needs to be used on the ground on one of our projects. I think that's amazing. Um, I, you know, it's just everything you're, you're telling the audience, um, people listening. I think it, the big message here is, you know, you took just a moment of passion in your life and you turned that into something that is so incredible uh, working with these other organizations, you know, you're one person, like you said, but, you know, growing that and and taking that beyond and working with, um, you know, helping rhinos and the Black Mambas and, and doing this work. And anybody, anybody who thinks to themselves, well, I'm, who am I? I can't do that. Well, who, who are you to not do that is right. where my mind goes. Um, yep. If not us, then who? If not now, then when? And it's just people should should really go and grab that passion, use it, yep. let that fire in your belly burn. And what are you dreaming of? What are you, you know, what are you, what are you passionate about? What drives you? And if it's something that's good and altruistic, you know, yeah, you are somebody that can do it. Sure. You're both positive of that. Yeah, exactly right. And I think I think there's a lot of people that will they want to head down that path and then they, they get tripped up by the fact that the problem is so enormous that they think there's nothing they can do to help. Right. Uh, um, and, you know, one side of that is when you look at these crime syndicates that are behind the poaching, um, yeah, they absolutely have the money and the power to stop little old me in my tracks at any moment. But that doesn't mean we're all going to just go, all right, well then just do what you want to do. Uh, if we did that, they'd, they'd have, you know, run of the world. Um, but it is, it's daunting because the, the, the problems are so massive. Uh, but you know, there's, there's so many like-minded people and there's so many good projects that are happening that you, we are seeing the needle move. Yes. Um, you know, you can see, if, if you watch year over year, the number of, of rhinos that, you know, the, the poachings, uh, how it climbed up and, and how it's, it's now starting to, um, taper off. I mean, it's got a long way to go, sure. but, um, 
you know, it's, it's, uh, it, there are a lot of avenues for people to be able to go and actually make a difference without having to jump on a plane and go over there and run around, um, uh, on the ground there. And that's everywhere around the planet. There's, you know, you can help with, with, um, the tropics, uh, and the way that palm oil plantations are, are tearing through the wildlife there. I mean, there's, there's just so many different things that people can get involved in. And, and I think, um, the more that we can get the information out there, uh, the, the more that people will go, well, all right, that's something I'm, I'm passionate about and, and I'll grab onto that and, and head down that path. Yeah, exactly. And it helps offset, like you said, you know, what you wrote about your, in your bio, it's, you know, there's balance. You have your job, you have to pay your bills. It's a means yep. to an end. Hopefully it's something, you know, we can all have jobs that we somewhat like and, you know, but even if it's not, you can balance that with something that you love and are passionate about and you can do good in the world and feel like you're making a difference and, yeah. and get on your path, whatever that path is. Everybody has one. We're all here for a purpose and yep. you know it when you're doing it because you feel good about it and everything else when you wake up in the morning looks brighter. The sky is brighter, even if it's dark and gloomy out, you know, the, the birds chirping, you start to hear that. <laughs> and life gets better. And so I think I, I agree with everything that you're saying. And those are the very reasons I too became a social entrepreneur and decided, um, and also started, you know, advocating from this platform that just uh, all about animals has allowed me to create this podcast. It's an, it's an all volunteer network and we're all doing it because it's what we believe in. It's our passion. It drives us. And yep. I could no longer sit knowing what was happening to the animal kingdom. I just, I couldn't, it's uh, it rips my heart out every day. Um, and that, that feeling, it just gets stronger and you just can't, you just can't look away anymore. Um, right. And, and I decided long ago, just like you and many other animal kingdom warriors, that action is required in order to make change. And that passion that we have, it's our fuel, isn't it? Yes, it is. It is. And there, there's, there's one um, giant project going on right now with helping rhinos that I think is worth taking out just a quick minute to talk about. Sure. And if, if anybody uh, take a minute and go to the helpingrhinos.org website, there's a whole section on, on the projects that are happening. There you'll see a project called uh, Rhino Strongholds. Now, Rhino Strongholds um, is, a, is a, a massive project that's uh, kind of headed up by a, a very famous doctor named Dr. Will Foltz, um, where he's got some, uh, some properties uh, down in South Africa uh, along the Bushman River where they're taking some old um, failed farmlands that were colonial failed, failed farmlands that have been unused for years that have been fragmenting the migration routes of all these animals down there for, for years since these fences were put up. So, you know, the, 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 the goal is take fences down, replant the native thicket uh, and get it up and growing to where it's sustainable again, and then reopen the historic migration routes for not just rhinos, but all the animals that would normally pass through there. And so, so far, and it's, it's a massive chunk of land. And, and when you ask Will about it, he's saying this could be a, a 20 plus year long project, wow. but it's been, it's already getting some very positive um, momentum uh, where the landowners are, are 
gladly agreeing to take fences down. Uh, we got a nursery where they're growing the, the, the thicket and all that from seed. And then we'll get it out there and do the kind of the sustainability uh, studies on everything to make sure that there's enough growing for when the animals start coming through that, that yeah. it'll support them. So um, that, that one's probably the biggest one I'm, I'm excited to be part of right now is, is the Rhino Strongholds Project. And I highly recommend taking a look at, at the information on the website just to see how big of an undertaking it is. But when you look at, when you look at it and, you, and, you, and your brain can picture that you're rewilding this whole area back yeah. to the animals. Um, that's one of the things I always say, if, if we just leave the land alone, the earth will repair, the animals will come back. Um, but with this one, there's those little jumpstart things that we need. Like I said, get the fences out of there, get the plants growing and, and literally let nature heal itself in those areas. Um, I, I think just what they've done so far is absolutely amazing. Um, huge, huge support from helping rhinos uh, on that whole thing and uh, definitely worth checking out. That's brilliant. Thank you for sharing that with us. And we also have, um, we'll have all of your links posted for folks to check out. Uh, whether it's on YouTube or on our All About Animals Radio, the Rising Lioness page. We'll have all your links, so anybody's interested in checking right. that out or, or checking out Pedaling Against Poaching and, and starting to uh, to pedal away to raise money for the rhinos, <laughs> I, I highly encourage everyone to do that. Jeff, thank you so much for coming on today to inform and inspire our listeners to create positive change in this world and, and let people know that um, you are just the person to do it. If your passion is, is leading you there, then they should go for it, shouldn't they? And yes. Yeah, I think that's yeah. wonderful. Thank you so much. And I really hope we can get to do this again soon. That would be great. Yeah, I was just going to say, you're very welcome. And I'm looking forward to doing this again soon. This has been Erica Salvamini for the Rising Lioness podcast on All About Animals Radio. A special thank you to Chris Corley for generously lending us his song, Zero Gravity for the Rising Lioness podcast theme. Please take a moment to write a review for our show as it helps others to find us. Please also support our guests and their work, All About Animals Radio and our social networks. Doing this further supports the animals and their advocates too, thereby making you an Animal Kingdom warrior also. You can find our links on the Rising Lioness podcast page. Until next time, in the words of Sharon Nunez, Animal Equality President, remember this. The small actions of one passionate individual can create a butterfly effect leading to a movement that has the power to change the world. Please use your voice for the animals today. Mm-hmm.